the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and welcome to Iron Real Estate, the only real estate talk show that talks about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything. I'm joined by my show co-host, resident legal expert attorney, Steve Ebert, a partner at the prestigious firm Kassin & Kassin, located in Westchester and other well, you're located more than Westchester, right, Stephen? Um, Absolutely, Daddy. Good morning. We're in Westchester. We're in Manhattan. We do transactions all around the country. Um, so, yeah, we're you can get you if you if you want if you want to get Steve, you can get him anywhere. Um, you should tune into the show. We have a great show today on Saturday at AM nine seventy. Um, or you can go on the mobile app on iHeartRadio app. We have a list of all our shows. This week we have two special guests. At 11 o'clock we'll be joined by the famed author Bob Brown, author of Foundation Repair Secrets. Now I've been in real estate my whole life. And I can tell you, I don't know that much about Foundation, so I'm anxious to hear it. Um, and then we'll be joined by Tom Drew, Vice President and Regional Sales Manager at Citizens Financial Group. Please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at DottieHerman.com. We have a lot to talk about today and a lot of breaking news. Just before we start, just want to give you some good news about Manhattan and that Manhattan's luxury market bounced back from early September at the lull that I told you we had. Um, there were 20 new signed contracts last week for homes asking at least $4 million and above. Manhattan's luxury housing market has sprung back from a few weeks of dismal activity. 20 homes, at least $4 million went into contract in the week ending this Sunday, last Sunday. It, if the market had a turnaround after a predictable slowdown, because usually in September, people are busy with getting kids off to school. You know, it's a new school year and the Jewish holidays. So there were 12 more deals than the previous week and threefold increases in total sales volume. So that's pretty good. The most expensive home to find a buyer last week was a penthouse at Giorgio Armani's branded new development on the Upper East Side at 760 Madison Avenue, asking $25 million. Okay, so, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, I like that. It's a beautiful building. Three-bedroom unit spans a little more than 3,100 square feet, not including an enormous wraparound terrace. 
suitable, the building will stand atop an Armani store on the ground floor retail level, and closings are expected next summer. The second price's home was at Chelsea Condo, asking $14 million, an increase from its original 11.25. So it actually asked more and got more than a couple of years ago. Um, that was over 3,100 square feet and had three bedrooms and three and a half bathrooms. And, you know, I used to feel, I had, even when I used to go to, like, when I was going to seminars and, you know, there were big companies from all over the country, different different brands. But when they would say, well, what would you do in Manhattan? What's the sales price? I would be embarrassed sometimes because <laughs> it's so high compared to the rest of the country. And I am so proud of New York because look what it's gone through, and it, it just always comes back. It just always comes and- back. And, Dottie, you know, in that vein, I'll tell you, there are some recent economic reports and the job reports that the number of people employed in the city of New York has now exceeded back where we were right before COVID. So the COVID, really? so the quantity, and I want to be clear, you know, quantity is not always the same as quality, right? Because we're just right. talking about jobs in general. We're not talking about WIC sector and so forth. I don't have that data at the moment. But the number of people employed in the city of New York now, for the first time, has exceeded what the number was before we went into COVID, which is also great news. That is great news. That is great news. Do you know when that, Stephen, do you know when that congestion tax was supposed to start? Do you have any idea? I hope never. <laughs> I hope never. Um, I, a lot of people are fighting it. I mean, they're talking about it. They're fighting it. Um, I don't have the exact date because it's being fought on the federal level, the state level, um, and um, I, I personally, and I know we don't we don't we don't get into politics, but we can talk about issues. This this one's a mistake of an idea. You know, I look, agree. if you're trying to you're trying to raise money, that's not the way to raise money. If you're trying to reduce congestion, that's not the way. It ends up being a regressive tax on people coming in. And the thing that people have to understand, this is going to be passed along to the consumer, even for people who don't drive. Because, Dottie, how do you what get food in the city? What do you mean if they don't drive? Drive, you're, still, you're still being taxed. Here's why, Dottie. You ever go to a supermarket in Manhattan? Ever go to a restaurant in Manhattan? Ever buy anything in Manhattan? Okay, well, how do they get the product in there? They truck it in. So the trucks are going to be hit with this, too. And so what's going to happen is right. if I'm a truck driver and I work for a trucking company, well, they're going to say, well, why should I bite the bullet and pay this congestion pricing? And I'm bringing trucks every day, right? So this is going to turn into hundreds of thousands of dollars for people in trucking, right? So they're going to pass that along in their prices, Right. You notice how sometimes you go to restaurants now and they say, here's the one price for cash and the, here's the other price if you pay by credit card? Yeah. You notice they've brought that back? You know, you didn't see it for years. Even and all gas sudden, stations, they do that too. Yeah. They, I mean, they did it years ago, then it disappeared, and then all of a sudden, somewhere during COVID, that started to catch on. Well, what they're going to pass that along. So 
So what's going to happen is they're the trucking company, the wholesaler, the distributor is going to tell the retail store, sorry, now I got this congestion pricing tax, so it's going to be a transportation surcharge. So the retail store is going to have to pick that up, and the retail store is going to have to tweak their prices to cover that. Could you account for it? You're right. We never thought about that. I never... So but you know what else? So when you go when I you think, go buy apples at the supermarket, you're going to be paying more for your apples or whatever other product. But yeah. you know what else, Stephen? I thought that um, like it's really going to hurt people. Like it's going to hurt people that can't live in the city and that don't because it's cheaper to live outside of the city, but have jobs in the city and have to commute. You know what the best they're going to get hit by it because there's going to be a lot more money to come in. But that is the and best thing to fight you live in the city. Like if I want to go downtown, I'm going to have to pay. Oh yeah, and what it's going to do is you're picking winners and losers, right? Um, the cross street is right around, I think, in the '60s. I think where the yeah, where the, the cutoff 60s. is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm here's what you do. I would love to own a parking garage one block north of the cutoff line, right? So you have somebody drive in. Those garages are going to see an increase in business because now I can park on the other side of the tax detector, and then I'll take the subway down a little bit. Now, if any of you don't know, yeah, Stephen, maybe if you could explain, because I'm, I don't know how many people know, really, you know, some people do and some people don't. I mean, they've done this in London, but would you explain what the congestion tax actually is supposed to do? So let me explain what they say it's supposed to do, and then I'll give my thoughts. Because obviously you want to always give each side a chance to articulate the rationale. The rationale is that the cities have gotten more and more crowded, and the infrastructure was never designed for this level of vehicle traffic. So if we have like a virtual checkpoint, effectively, um, where it triggers a toll, Right, sort of just like how Easy Pass when you go over the bridge. The difference is now you're going to have Easy Pass when you cross over a certain line, certain streets in Manhattan, and it will be a tax. And I believe the number, although these things can always change, I believe it's about twenty-three or twenty-six dollars each time, which is very significant. Um, That's a big number. Road. It's a big number if you're a daily commuter, um, and. Um, and so if, if, and then you'll pay for it. And the idea is that, oh, fewer people will travel in. Now, you might have fewer people travel in, but Dottie, hold on. You might also have fewer people go to a Broadway show or go to the museum or come in for dinner, right? You know, at a certain point, people say it becomes annoying and difficult. And you don't want to, you want to bring people in. You don't want to push them away. And this is an idea that while they may mean well, Push people away. You know what the best way to discourage people from driving? Traffic. Right? How many times are you driving and you're like, the traffic is terrible. I got to rework my schedule, rework how I go there. Traffic traffic is bad. But you know what happens is people work out a, a substitute way to get around. And that's what it is. And I think what we need to do is have a smarter system as opposed to um, as opposed to taxing for it. And look, we... Well, you know, you know something, even with those carpool, which I, I don't know how many years ago they started those carpool lanes, 
And I thought yep. to myself, well, this isn't the years when everybody worked the same time. People work different hours now. People stay later. Like, I don't know how... I don't know what a big difference those made either. I mean, I think that maybe years ago when most people had the same kind of hours, they worked better. Um, and I would remember being in Italy and I would see um, all these people, like these women, and they'd be riding bicycles, and men too, actually. But the women I noticed specifically because they had dresses on and suits, and they're riding bicycles into Rome. And the reason is because in Rome, because there's so few apartments, if you if you don't live in Rome, if you don't have an apartment in Rome, let's say you live outside of Rome because Rome is expensive, but your job is in Rome, you can't park your car. So you see all these people riding their bicycles into Rome because they can't park their cars there. But... The weather is a different weather also. So I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. The distance, think- the weather, the nature of the economy. And also, like, let's be honest. Do you want to go in a suit and no. then bike for 20 minutes in no. August? And people are like, you, you, you look like, you, you look and feel like a dog that gets back. You probably down. smell like a suit. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Here's, I mean, I can imagine. Here's a, here's our lawyer for a billion dollar transaction, and he'd come in. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm late. Where can I put my bicycle? Can I store my hair? Oh, and I got grease on my pants from the bike chain. But let's like, let's get to work. Yeah, that's gonna go over real well. Say, oh my God, I hope I, I hope I didn't make a mistake with this attorney. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the end. I, I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, but I sometimes think that people, when they have an idea, and I'm sure, look, everyone who works on things to make this city or anything better have good intentions. Okay, so I don't think people's intentions are bad. I just think that they really don't think it through, or maybe they don't live in this world. Okay, one well, or the yeah, other. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'll throw one more example. Key and Dottie, if you were doing a tour... <laughs> As a real estate agent for a couple looking to buy an apartment and say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get an extra long bike. I'll get a tandem bike so all three of us can be on a bicycle together. And we're going to bike around the city to find your apartment. (laughs) I don't think I'd have a lot of customers. There's snow right in the middle either. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'd have a lot of customers. It was like when I was in California once and they were all biking. And, you know, California, it was San Francisco, matter of fact. The weather was nice, and all of a sudden there was a bike strike. So the bikes, and there was millions and millions of bikers in San Francisco, just stopped. And the traffic, if you were in a car, which I was, you couldn't go anywhere. Just couldn't go anywhere. And then I look at all the car, um, you know, the bike lanes, and in one sense, I think that's nice to have a bike lanes in New York. But in another sense, I'm not sure if they just overdid it. Because it's hard to get around New York, and like some of the restaurants when you're eating are in the middle of like the street where there's fumes. So I think that you know I think the idea was good, but I think it has to be maybe thought out a little bit better. That's all. So I'm going to throw out one crazy idea that I've seen discussions on and concepts are, which I think if it happens, is many years away. 
but the idea of shared small mobility vehicles. If you, and this is where I think if, if people were thoughtful would actually help the traffic. How many times do you see people in a big car and it's one person or two people? Plenty. Right? The reality is most people, if they're jumping around in and out of cabs, it's a lot, the vast majority of the transport's like one person. So they can create, and I've seen concepts of where they have these smaller, like two seater type cars, significantly smaller, a lot more mobile, and sort of like how you have the city bike, because of all the apps that are available, you can check them in and check them out and use that as a transport. I I think if I could zoom ahead into the future, um, as opposed to going to a Zoom meeting, um, (laughs) you know, that is really. I think something more than even a cab or an Uber, because you think about all the, the the car services that are kind of like just driving around, and that's taking up a lot of traffic. And so instead, this is where you know you keep your vehicle stays within Manhattan. You kind of have this sharing program, and that's and then and they're and they're small vehicles, but it's still a car like experience. Right, you're driving. You're, you're not on a bicycle. You don't have to pedal well, yourself. You can grab a bag with you. I think that would you be. You know what the great. crazy thing is, Steve? Though, like most of my friends or the people that I know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but a lot of us we can we'll drive our car in and then park it. But if you have multiple appointments in a day in the city, take your car out of your, your parking space. Drive it like, you know, a small amount of time, then find another parking space, then take it out, then drive to another appointment. It really, at least for me, I don't want to speak for everyone. For me, it's too much of a pain in the neck. So if I take my car in. And also the cost. Leave it. The cost. Yeah, I would just leave it. You to park it in there and leave it and not, if you take it in and out and move around, like. If, if that's not the way your your, your bill, your parking that. bill, which is not shaped to biz, begin with, will be extraordinarily high. Yeah. So I, so when I would take it in, I would just leave it, and then I would take Uber or you know a cab or something. Okay. Now, many times my daughter lives um, on Long Island, and you know, um, I would sometimes just leave my car at her house. And just leave it in, the, in, in her driveway and then take Uber in because it many times really works out cheaper because I don't use the car in the city. It's too cumbersome to have to move your car every appointment that you go to and then have to find another space and then another parking lot. Plus, it's too costly. So, Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll come up with some genius idea. <laughs> well, people have an idea. Definitely call it in. But I think, Dottie, we got to talk about another idea, uh, a get-rich-quick scheme that didn't quite work out so well. Oh, I heard about it. I mean, I was just hearing about it. It was a Ponzi scheme. You want to give yeah, it some... I mean, it was... it, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, and, and I know we're about to go to a break, so I want to explain this all right after the commercial. But, you know, it's one of those things where you have these investments that are out there be very careful. After the break, we're going to talk about exactly what to look for if something is too good to be true. Right when we come well, back, what do they say? Break on Iron Real Estate. 
what do they say, Stephen? If it's too good to be true, it usually isn't true. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the, Stephen's going to talk about this. just happened, I believe, Thursday. A Ponzi real estate scheme where very many innocent people put money into it and lost them. So you're not going to want to miss hearing that because this. Hi, Kevin McCullough. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program. Well, Plaza, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a steno state of mind. A steno state of mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October 22nd, from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn. This full-day event inside this famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means. Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Again, register at nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and Bayridge Honda is kicking off October's spooky season with scary savings so low, you'll scream. Bayridge Honda is your family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving the five boroughs. You can browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles, like the all-new Honda Civic, CRV, and HRV, ready for you to drive home today, and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 honda models all month long plus receive fifteen hundred dollars when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with bay ridge honda even if you don't buy a car from bay ridge honda they want to buy your car from you so visit bay ridge honda at fourth avenue and 88th street in bay ridge brooklyn or online at bayridgehonda.com that's bayridgehonda.com these deals are available to qualified buyers additional fees may apply see dealer for details feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates if you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel 
feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. And as Stephen promised, we're going to talk about a Ponzi scheme that just happened and how Slipper tied to DJME was charged with Ponzi-like real estate fraud schemes by feds. You want to give us some of the details about this case? Yeah, so this has been all over the news this week. Um, and uh, so New York City Radio uh, host DJ Envy um, teamed up with Cesar Pena, and um, they were promising big profits. And I want to be clear, this is a mix of, what you know, plaintiffs who are complaining, and what the uh, authorities are saying. So we, you know, we're obviously we live in a country where people are, are presumed innocent until found guilty. So you know, we, we don't know all the details on it, but basically, it appears that there was a scheme that they promised big money profits by investing in real estate and um, you know buying in maybe fixer uppers, flipping, and so forth. And the complaint has it that uh, a combination of the reputation of DJ Envy and Pena, um, who worked together, um, you know, used their status to say, hey, these were good investments. And so right now, New Jersey U.S. attorney um, is going after Pena, and um, I think there's more to come. So what we want to do is not so much this specific case, because literally Dottie, People were complaining over the summer, and it turned into a case literally this week. So right now, I think anyone who says who is innocent, who is guilty, the exact details, it's a little too early. But yes, I think and I just want to make, yeah, you can, we can talk about what happens, but I just want to just make clear that DJ Envy is not named in the charges and is not accused of any criminal wrongdoings. Um, Correct. I guess he Correct. just got involved it's, with somebody that maybe he didn't do enough research on. Yeah, it, it, so yes, you're exactly right. The person who's charged is Cesar Pena, who is also a minor celebrity in his own right, and there's a relationship there. And again, I want to be very clear, not involved in the matter. So there's facts that need to come out. So we're just going by what we see in the general media about what happened. So, but I want to do is more importantly than this specific case, because Dottie, unfortunately, is as long as there are investments, there are good ones, and there are scam artists. That's one thing you can say about human history. You know, you see this again and again and again. Um, I mean, I, I remember, Dottie, when I was a law student, I interned over at the Enforcement Division of the Securities and Exchange Commission, and the scams that I saw, I mean, People were literally, and, and look, sometimes it's sad people fell for it. I mean, this also gives you the ear of when things were. I remember one scam was they were literally selling people the right to the revenue stream from a payphone. 
It's like you haven't heard of Verizon, AT&T. I'm literally... So people sadly also fall for it because sometimes it's so slick. It's really so slick looking. But in real estate, you know, because it is investor driven, because, right, you can buy, there's really opportunity to do well, you know, if you understand the market invest wisely, it lends itself to this. So what basically, you know, you have to look for is number one is a reasonable return. Look, Daddy, I would love to make 50% on my money and, and sit back, you know, and get the checks. But uh, uh, you got to ask yourself, how can somebody make such a return, right? So you got to really understand what the model is and, you know, what they're buying it for, the renovation that's going on, how they're renting it, understanding the market and seeing, well, wait a minute, what's the value being put in? Now, the other thing that's out there is real estate is very, very interesting in what they're required to disclose. There's a lot of anti-fraud laws that are out there. And what happens is we have something what we call the securities law. There's the federal level. And on the state level, Dottie, we call them blue sky laws. And Dottie, do you know why we call them blue sky laws? No, I don't. Because about 100 years ago, and these regulations started about 90 years ago, but about 100 years ago, you had all of these wildcat kind of, you know, really scam artists out there selling, buying this company, buying this company. And literally, the tagline became, I'm selling you the blue sky that you, when you look up, that you see. And so they literally called them blue sky laws because people were selling the blue sky to people. So that's why these laws have that name, because there is such scams that were going on in the 1920s that led to a lot of these regulations and the federal security laws in 33 and 34. Um, and, and so what happens is when you invest in real estate, you need to find out if you um, own it directly or if you um, are, are owning within an investment. Okay, you need to find out. So one, am I owning the actual real estate myself? Or you need to find out if you're owning within a company that owns the real estate. Very, very important, Dottie, because you've got to know what your ownership interest is. You've got to understand how things are controlled. So very important. You've got to understand how you get out of the investment, right? When it comes to real estate, it's not the most liquid investment, right? If you buy a stock on the stock market and you say the next day I don't like it, you sell it, you get your money back. You might lose some money because of the quick sale, but at least it's liquid. With real estate, what you're doing is you're making, to some degree, a longer-term timed investment. I'm buying this house. I'm going to spend six months fixing it up. Then I'm going to rent it. And then once I can show what the new rental income is, then I'm going to sell it. That might be a year. It might be 18 months. And so you got to be very careful to understand is, one, how is the group that I'm investing with going to, what's their whole strategy? When am I going in? When am I going out? What happens if there's time delays? And also, Dottie, really important, is what's the affiliation, right? What if, Dottie, let's say the two of us invested in a project, right? And we bought an investment house to flip. The person managing the investment, the sponsor, 
Are they also managing the renovation, or are they using a contractor? Are there, how are they making their money? And, Dottie, there's a lot of different ways parties can make money in a transaction. You know, where, are they getting also mortgage financing on it? How is that working? Um, very, very important. And, again, doesn't mean there aren't a lot of great opportunities. There are. But if you don't understand it, um, you know, you, you could really also take a beating as well on the investment. Just so you know, it says from 2017 through May 2023, um, Cesar Alberto Pina accepted money from individual investors to buy, remodel, and sell homes. The complaint alleges. Now, it's a complaint. It's alleging that. The document goes on to allege that Pina intentionally committed fraud by using new investors' money to pay off past investors and keep some of some for himself for his own expenses. So, okay. So that is Dottie, that is classic that is a classic Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme. Now, what people who do those schemes do is they make all these promises. Oh, I, I got the newest thing. I, I yeah, we can renovate faster and cheaper than anyone else. Whatever it is, whatever their line is. And then all of a sudden, the first investments turn out, maybe they made money, but they made 2% instead of 15%. And if you told that to people, say, well, why would I take the risk and only get compensated 2% when I can even go to the bank and buy a CD for 5%? So what these guys do, the scam artists, want to be very clear, is they take the next investor that they're already working on, and they take that money... And what they do is they pay out to the first investor 15%. So the first investor is thrilled. Hey, this is great. I made 15%. Best investment around. And then what happens is now not only do they have how good or bad the investment is for investor number two, but they got to make up the cash that they use to give to investor number one. And so what happens is the only way to work, think of it as a pyramid, narrow at the top, wide at the base, is that each successive round, you need more and more investors because you need to make a higher and higher return to actually make the return that you promised. And at a certain point, you run out of cash. You can only get so many new investors. That stops. At a certain point, you get people who ask questions, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't work. And that is the idea of the classic Ponzi scheme. And, and I've seen it, by the way, sometimes these folks are so persuasive that people will get upset with the authorities and said, hey, if you only let the investment go on for longer, it will, he would have had a chance to make the money back. But Dottie, these, these schemes are exactly what they are. They're schemes and you just got to do your homework and be very careful. You, you need to, uh, again, this real estate developer who's often promoted the business on his radio show.
You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels and two washcloths regular price is 79.98 for a limited time you can get this six pack towel set for only 39.99 with promo code joe p that's a 50 percent savings go to mypillow.com call 800-651-0798 use the promo code joe p to save 50 percent on the mypillow six pack towel sets Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune in to Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program all year long. Well, Plaza College, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a Steno State of Mind. A Steno State of Mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October the 22nd, from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn, New York. This full-day event inside the famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means? Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Again, register today at nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at AM970TheAnswer.com. AM970, The Answer. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
Yeah, just to uh, kind of cap off this uh, story, but you'll be reading about it. The real estate developer who often promoted his business on the popular radio show, The Breakfast Club, has been accused, and I say accused, of scamming his investors, and now one of the shows, DJ Envy, is saying he was also a victim. So DJ Envy is saying that he's a victim in, in this floor, that he didn't really know about it. He, you know, he was just on the show and, you know, and now he's caught up in it, but he, that he's not actually guilty. He didn't know anything about it. So I guess the lesson learned, like you said, Steve, is first of all, if you're going to invest money in some kind of a scheme, and some of them are good. I don't want to say they're all schemes. Some of them are good. You really should consult a real estate attorney like Steven and have them check it out. Don't just send Absolutely. Money. There, mean, there's so many things. And, and, and here is the, probably the best bit of advice I can give. There is no deal that's so good that you have to sign today. One of the classic techniques is, you know, the quote-unquote like exploding offer. You know, limited time, you got to sign right now, and you're going to miss it because everyone's always afraid to miss the boat because, Dottie, right, you know, imagine if you bought, you know, Amazon 20 years ago, right, stock or Apple stock or this stock. So people were like, ah, oh, you know, they have this, they're emotionally set up to, like, miss a fearing that opportunity, right? And so my take on it is, particularly like this, you got to be comfortable, you got to understand, and you got to ask the questions to make sure you understand how it works. And you should use a professional as Arnie. You should not just send money, even if it sounds good. And it might be good. You know, not all of them are bad. Okay, so you can make some real money on some of them. But you really don't want to just send money to something. And the other thing is, I guess just like if Stephen and I, when we do our show, if we don't vet a guest right, and let's just say we didn't vet a guest properly and he's a fraud, then that would be affiliated with us. So it's important that, you know, anybody that you deal with, that you also vet also, because this DJ might be innocent. I, You know, I again, it's too soon to know. It, it, we'll keep you... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we'll and and that's, fine. I think, the most important thing. We, we don't, first of all, we don't know. Like, we're not, neither one of us are involved in the case. We don't know. And Dottie, who, 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 this will come out at trial. You know, what was the relationship? What did people know? And this is what I'll say also. I've seen celebrities get in trouble when they make endorsement, right? When, and let's skip from real estate to, to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. There were a lot okay. of celebrities who promoted um, some of these Bitcoin, the trading exchanges, the FTX, you know, where, where they're under indictment now. And there were issues for celebrities. I, I think they're all, they're, none of them were, quote, in on it. They just did a celebrity endorsement. But you got to be very careful when you start making statements. What people don't realize is that there's a whole body of law that go into what we call forward-looking statements and, and what you need to do because when you start getting into this guaranteeing of a return, um, one could be in trouble, e even the endorser who may not realize what's going on, and you're just saying, look, I just read the lines. Well, there's more to it. Um, but, you know, Dottie, so while what we would your advice? Time, what, would, what would your advice, before we move on to something else, just quickly, what yeah. would your advice to people be? Number one is to see the documents, 
right? In other words, don't just say, here, give me 100000 and I'll get you 15% in six months. See the actual documents, right, and have a lawyer review it to find out, am I owning shares in a company or do I own the real estate directly? See how the parties are interrelated. Is the promoter of the investment, are they also the one doing the renovations? Or how are they getting additional financing? Is it all equity, right, people in their capital? Or is there debt? Are they also getting a mortgage from a bank? What's the backup plan? And know the market, right? If somebody says, I'm going to take this old house, renovate it, and it's going to rent for $15,000 a month, and it turns out that the highest rental in the market was 7000 You know, that's not going to, that's not, that's a risky investment. That's not going to make sense, probably, right? So un- understand also the market in which you're operating. Real estate, as we all know, is the most local thing. You know, you can't take New York City stats and apply them to Dutchess County, right? They're different real estate markets. So you got to make sure you understand that. And don't be afraid to ask questions, right? One of the ways in which these promoters sometimes do is like, they think, well, you know, if you don't understand it, it's maybe not for you. Maybe you're not sophisticated enough. And people respond to that kind of being egged on, right? And don't fall for it. Say, well, maybe I'm not, you know? This is, that you got to be comfortable and say, this is my plan and how I do things. This is how I do my homework. I can't emphasize enough. Don't just make a decision on your own. Put it through an attorney, okay? Let them really go through the fine details because a few sentences here and there can change the whole thing. And Daddy, I'm going to give one last example, which is, if I can, it's similar but slightly different. And this happened yesterday to me. So so what happened is, at the beginning of the week, I had a client referred to me by a prior client. They had someone that they knew, we'll leave it at that, you know, sort of a friend, not exactly, said, hey, they were about, they had to close quick on their purchase, and they were going to lend them a quarter million dollars. And then that person was supposedly a few months later refinanced when they have time. It's about to come into a deadline. And so he said they had one attorney who wrote up something. He's like, this didn't feel right. So he, he sent it over to him. And I'm like, this is, has a lot of holes. So I finally got the borrower's attorney on the phone. And they had supposedly one house that they own with no mortgage, one house that they were going to buy that they needed this mortgage for. And I said, look. I want to put a mortgage on both properties to make sure my client has a lien because I want to make sure that you don't sell one from out from underneath. We have sufficient security. It's like, oh, you don't need that. One should be fine if you really need that at all. And I'm like, we're not doing the loan without actually a lien on the property. And then I said, what's your plan? Oh, our plan is to refinance in six months. I said, great. So then you'll just take, and this will be your only loan? Yes. I said, Okay. So it won't hurt you to have it on both properties. And then he started saying things like, well, I don't know if they can get the refinance if you have the loan on both properties. And I said to their attorney, I said, I don't understand something. Why would my client's loan, if it's being disclosed and paid off, which you have to do, otherwise that person would be committing mortgage fraud on the bank, why would that affect you get refinancing because you're paying off my loan? other attorney was silent, didn't say anything. And so what happened, Dottie, is he said, well, let me check with the bar and get back to me. 
about two hours later, my client called me, and this sort of friend, in quotes, said, you know what, they don't need the loan now. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder uh, why. Isn't that amazing? When we started asking a few questions on how they're doing and setting the right protocols and protections in place, all of a sudden the emergency where they had to close next week, oh, I don't need the money now. Really? I wonder so, why. You know, he's like, you know what? I don't know if I fully understood everything, but here's what I know. I think you saved me from a big problem. I said, I think so, too. Yeah, um, I think you really helped your client. Stephen, I just so. have to say this. You did an article. Uh, you wrote an article on how New York residential property condition disclosure is shifting. Um, and that was in October 17th. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, really important, Dottie. So we have a new law that went into effect a couple of weeks ago, and the law, well, uh, and a revision to the law, excuse me, and, and that law, that update takes effect March 2024. Now, what happens is New York has always been more of a buyer beware state, caveat emptor in the land. Right. And what happened was Governor Pataki in 2002 passed the first New York property disclosure law. And this affects one to four family homes, right? A single, a two, a three, or a four family house. It does not affect vacant land. And for people who are selling a co-op condo, this law is not applicable. But I will warn you, if you sort of have a house in a homeowner's association, you got to be careful because it might still apply. But what that law said is here's a whole point of questions, about three dozen questions or so that you have to answer as a homeowner to disclose all sorts of conditions. And if you don't properly disclose, you could have liability as a seller. So that was really that was a big change 20 years ago, except, Dottie, it wasn't. Because what right. happened was a seller could give a buyer a $500 credit and not have to disclose anyway anything. So what happened was, Dottie, on 99.999% of transactions – the seller gave the buyer the credit. $500 credit because they don't want to think about it. I mean, if you're selling a house for $2 million, you want to worry about not disclosing things versus capping your liability at $500. So everyone gave the $500. But, Dottie, let me just continue for one second. The law now has two critical changes. Number one, starting in March of 2024, you cannot give the $500 credit. you got to answer. Good. So, number one, the sellers who said, mm, you know, I got some things here. I can just give the $500 and not worry about it. It's on the buyer, and I can sort of sell and move on. That $500 escape is going away. Now, that's number so you, one. So you have to disclose everything, in other words. Well, yeah, and there's a little bit more. And then number two, remember how we had about a month ago all the bad rains and flooding around the area? Yes. Okay, so literally this law went into – this law that was passed, which goes into effect in March, went into was, – was passed a week before those floods. And the second part of this law is about eight questions all about flooding. Sellers now have an expanded disclosure – and they had to provide comprehensive information about the property's conditions. As to, do they have flood insurance? Are they in a flood risk zone? And if they've ever filed a claim for flood damage. 
Um, so now, all of a sudden, all this disclosure has to be there, which didn't exist before. And the other part I want to say is this has to be given to the buyer before a contract is signed. And, Dottie, I want to mention one other point. We have, I know, a lot of real estate agents who listen to our show, and I want to let people know the Act provides that the brokers have to inform the seller that they have to deliver this, uh, this disclosure form. And the Act provides that the buyer's real estate agent, or if the buyer is not represented, the seller's real estate agent has an obligation to then notify the purchaser that they're entitled to receive this before signing a contract. So this is really important, Dottie, for agents. They need to notify their clients that this has to be done, and the listing agent, if they only represent the seller, still have to tell the buyer. And remember, agents are licensed folks, and even though they have a fiduciary duty to their client, the law requires that in the absence of a buyer's representative, the seller's agent has to notify and warn the buyer that they're entitled to this complete disclosure. Now, a little bit more, Dottie, on this. There are still certain scenarios where there are exemptions from this, right? If you're buying a new construction house, there's no history. New construction, you don't have to disclose. If it's an estate, there's, there's about a list of about um, maybe eight, ten exemptions from having to still disclose. And so what I tell people, please get the attorney involved earlier because now all of a sudden you have a broker in a weird situation where they have to make some legal determinations on these disclosures or not, which is really important. And it's putting the broker, in my opinion, a little bit of a tough spot. So please, for people who are selling a home, you know, they get an offer on an open house on Sunday and then they call the, the attorney Monday to write up a contract. Don't do that. Call us earlier so we can help you navigate this process. Would you suggest, Stephen, that they call you? Would you suggest that a seller call an attorney like yourself before they actually sell their home just to go through whatever disclosures they think that they have to disclose? I think that's the best move because here's the thing, Dottie, for, for a lot of, you know, a lot of residential sales, we work with homeowners on a flat rate. If they call us earlier, they call us in a panic later. You know, a lot of times it's the same fear, very close. And so absolutely call so you have things line up and it's in good order and not chaotic and last minute. Really, you know, I can't overstate how important this is because this is now getting into a real liability area. And, and, you know, and that, people haven't and, and given that, $500, give it away and not worry about it. But now they have to really think about it. Yeah, but it also can screw up your deal. Because if I'm the buyer and I find out the last minute that there's things I didn't know about the property that you have to disclose, I might just say, you know what, I don't know. Now I, I really have to think about it. I can't be sure. So I think you need to be more strategic, and this study, this law goes into effect right as we're going into this year's upcoming spring market. I think, Stephen, I'd love to talk more about it next week. We have a guest coming on at uh, Bob Brown, who's the author of Foundation Repair Secrets, and it's about misconceptions about the repair of foundations um, that plague many homes. So we- 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.